Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, J.C. Hall. Thank you. Happy to have everybody here with us today. Trying to get uh, chat rooms open today. J.C. and I... Uh, decided to do something different. We decided we were going to do uh, open. What is it? What are we calling open it? Mic. Open mic, open question and answer Friday. Very excited to have this option for you. Like I posted on Facebook and on YouTube, the um, you usually have to pay two hundred fifty dollars an hour to ask a uh, constitutional attorney the question. And today, you get to ask a constitutional attorney a question at no cost. Notice I said that, JC. I didn't say for free. Because there is nothing for free in America. There's nothing for free anywhere. There is nothing for free ever. What you have is things that are offered to you at no cost. I had actually... Of all the places that I've gone to teach, I actually had an economics professor ask me to come and teach his class. That was pretty, that was pretty exciting, you know, sort of uh, taking them, what they thought, taking them outside their wheelhouse. But then they got to realize how important the Constitution was to what they do. So, everybody, we got Indiana present, Oklahoma present, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, so, uh, JC, do you know how many more Fridays we're going to be at 6.30 instead of seven instead of 6? I do not. Okay, so for just a couple more Fridays, we will be at 6.30 instead of 6 o'clock, but then we're going on to our 6 o'clock slot just to answer. Hey, that was actually our first Q&A question today (laughs) that was from sherry running late today southern missouri here we you know is it running late when you're actually scheduled late because running late makes it feel like it's my fault it's not my fault i was not running late late. broadcasting 30 minutes later on fridays because of a scheduling conflict that's going to get cleared up so we can jason my bike is really low today so I don't know if that's something you need to do about that or what. All right. Southern Missouri, Allenton, Pennsylvania. Central Washington is present. Ooh, Utah here. We don't see lots of Utah. New York. Rita, New York. What part of New York? Because New York's big. Uh, Canton, Ohio, Massachusetts, Michigan, SoCal, Tampa, Florida, Pineville, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Loomis. That's a new one. Loomis, North, Loomis, California, Central Iowa, Bakersfield's in the house. Virginia Beach, North Idaho, Jersey, Jacksonville, Florida, Laura, Lowell, Oregon. I love Oregon. Should we tell them how much we love Oregon? Most beautiful state. In, in the union. union. Yuma, Arizona. Hey, Yuma people. All right, guys. Uh, oh, somebody's here from Aliquippa. Where's Aliquippa? I don't know. Sounds like a New York city or something. Oh, like an Indian name or something. Mm-hmm. Longview, Washington, Texas. Texas is a big place, Tanya. Independence, Missouri. I know where that is. Alabama. 
Northern Ohio, Staten Island. Oh, cool. Louisiana, Indiana. All right. I can't look at all these. How do you, we could spend the whole first part of the show just announcing all the different places that are here? Uh, don't. That's really awesome. So, just to give you a little bit of uh, a, as we're waiting for our questions to come in, JC, can you, are you, do you have the questions up on your phone? Um, no. No? Questions? Are there already questions? No, no, no. Questions? I mean, the chat. Because I want to, I want to, I want to move away from this screen so okay. we can talk about some things Go until for they it. come in. And then Do it to it. you can watch the questions come in. How's that? Okay. Don't forget, this is Q&A, open Q&A session. So here we go. Just a little, um, I, I call that a legal update. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, Michael Flynn's judge, do you remember what his name is? Mm -hmm. uh, Emmett, Emmett Sullivan. Sullivan. So Michael Flynn's judge, Emmett Sullivan, has hired an attorney to represent him. That's not a good sign for Mr. Emmett, but a good sign for us. Seems that there may be some accountability coming Mr. Emmett's way. He certainly seems concerned about it. He's concerned enough to buy a high press unprecedented or a high profile attorney. Yeah. So she's a high-profile attorney named Beth Wilkinson. Comes uh, as the D.C. Court of Appeals reviews Sullivan's order not to immediately grant the Justice's Department Justice Department's request to dismiss its case against the former National Security Advisor. Now, if you'll remember, we talked about this that just how unprecedented that actually was that a judge gets a motion to dismiss from the prosecutor's office, not only refuses to follow the motion to dismiss, but then sends out a request for amicus briefs to, to become the prosecutor's argument that the prosecutors don't want to give. Judge is out hunting out hunting prosecutor, pro prosecutors and their arguments. And I'm really, really happy to hear that. It's crazy. Yep. Do you have a question there yet, Jason? Aliquippa is a P, uh, Pittsburgh suburb, by the way. Pittsburgh. Uh, question, Misplace Hill, Misplace Hillbilly uh, asks, if the CDC is telling a business they must take your temperature to enter their business, is that a violation of your Fourth Amendment rights? CDC I is see, forcing I see. So the business the CDC to take your temperature. Is forcing the business to take the temperature. Uh, well, first off, the CDC doesn't have the authority constitutionally to force a business. I don't even think the CDC has an authority from a regulatory standpoint to tell a business that you have to do that. I would say it's probably not the CDC forcing the business to do that. But the local government saying we are going to enforce the CDC guidelines, which says you have to take the temperature. Mm -hmm. So the question is, can the government force when a government forces a business to do that? That's very interesting because that's 
that's like one party. That's a third party removed. Do you sue the business or is the business now a government actor? Because that's what has to happen. In order for you to have a civil rights claim for a violation of your privacy, your property, and unlawful search and seizure, you have to have a government actor. So a private business can't engage, can't, can't be a, a government actor. But if the government is ordering the business to do that under threat, See, here's how I think it works I, out. I wonder if there are cases like that. This would be like mm, something no, that you would case. search and, and see if, uh, has there been some sort of saying, okay, because you're doing this this way, right, you become an agent, you, you're becoming right. an agent, so. I highly doubt it because even under public-private partnerships, they have that sort of quasi-separation. Here's how I think it's supposed to work. Do you know who's actually being violated by the government in that scenario? Well, the business. The business. So the business has the legal claim. The customer has the option to go somewhere else. See, because the government's not forcing you to use that business. So the force of the government isn't on the customer. The force of the government is on the business. So it's the business who has the civil rights claim. And it's the customer who has the right to go somewhere else. Here's my question. This comes from Zachary Clement. He says, does Trump have the authority to force governors to open churches? Or is that prohibited by the 10th Amendment? Or is he only allowed to ask the DOJ to look into it? He says, been trying to figure this out for a couple of days. Good question. It is a good question. Now, remember, when you're asking does the con does the president have the authority to do something? Your source is the Constitution, and it's specifically Article 2. So we can go through Article 2 and find very quickly, because it's very short, that the president does not have a constitutional authority to issue dictates or mandates to uh, a state. The, the, the president doesn't even have any authority to issue a mandate to a state much less to a governor or whatever. Problem is, what you have, JC, is now you have this, this 14th Amendment mess that's created, which then says that Congress can issue a law to defend people's rights in the Bill of Rights on the federal level. So if Congress issues a law that says that you cannot violate the um, you cannot violate someone's right to have church then the president could enforce that law does that make sense some would also within the say, context of how they interpret the 14th amendment within the context of how they interpret the 14th amendment some would even interpret the 14th amendment to say that simply violating the first amendment would invoke a a federal oversight in the in the states but that's that's not a proper interpretation of the 14th amendment and it's not a proper application of federal power but looking at i guess it's foundationally from the nature of the constitution being a compact between the states mm -hmm. um and of course then the states being the the creator the higher power then 
for the government to issue dictates on the state and you know we're going to force the governors to do whatever mm -hmm. uh, would would undermine state sovereignty would be a violation of the nature of our republic yeah it's a violation of the nature of a republic it's a violation of the separation of powers between the state and the local government and it's a very dangerous expansion of state federal, federal government. yeah what did i say state and federal government and it's a dangerous expansion of federal power so when you give the federal government the authority to become the overseers the watchdogs on the states then what you do is you open the door for the federal government to become a kingdom-style government. You know, they rule and reign over us, especially when you look at the president of the United States as the authority to do this. Now you're really transforming us into a monarchy when it's the president, everybody says, that has to come and discipline the governors. I think that's a real challenge for people's partisan nature so yeah. if, if it's if it's your guy your administration then you know you're you're cheering when uh when he puts his foot down like that right but, right. but imagine this same if if trump has the power to issue dictates uh then hillary clinton god forbid if she were ever president right. exactly she would you you would have to submit to that same mm -hmm. authority she right. can now tell the governors what to do what to not to do uh, the, the the opposite. By the way, the opposite probably would be true if you if you have to give that authority. Uh, the president can say open something, then the president can say close something right. on the states. Would you want if the next president were a Hillary Clinton style president? Would you want her having that sort of authority? And that's why the why the federal government was never delegated this authority to begin with was so that they could not micromanage our states. And so then that begs the next question, which is which is what I always get in line with this, JC, is, well, then what's the remedy, right? right? Well, the remedy is not the president of the United States. The remedy is not the federal government, because the federal government, the presidential remedy is an ex always an expansion of federal power, which is always results in a decrease of rights and liberties of the people. So the thought, so any solution, and I'm not going to give you, because there's not just one solution. We, we have been teaching that for a very long time. Not just one solution. So if I'm gonna, what I would tell you is any solution that points to the federal government as a solution is the wrong solution heading you in the wrong direction. So the solutions that must be offered are solutions that are offered from the people perspective, from the level of the people, from the bottom up through the state, through the, through the local governments, through uh, non uh, peaceful noncompliance, through uh, judicial action. And all these things add up. See, it's not just one thing. So you need your state, you need your local government to say, we are not going to enforce these laws. We need our local sheriff to say, I'm going to protect my people and I'm not going to enforce these laws. Uh, we need the uh, people to say, we're going to open our churches. We're going to open our businesses in spite of these orders. I keep saying laws, but they're not actually laws. They're orders. And finally, we need to engage in the judicial action, the 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 things that we're seeing our friends at Liberty Council do with things we're seeing um, Pacific Justice Institute, all of that, the people who are being represented to 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 overturn this. I was thinking about the principle. Uh, the punishment is the 
uh, the process is the punishment. When we were talking yesterday about how uh, the Liberty Council has forced the governor of Illinois to withdraw all restrictions on the churches by taking it all the way to the Supreme Court for a junction. So when Kavanaugh said to the governor, you have eight hours to respond to this, the governor didn't respond, JC. He responded by withdrawing all the restrictions. Once again, the process was the punishment because it was to, it was to, uh, to scare the churches, to uh, intimidate the churches. And now that the governor's being caught in the crossfire of it, fine then, I won't do that. Well, in the meantime, how many churches have stayed closed? How many churches are intimidated even still to open, right? I've gotten uh, messages today from people from Illinois and say, look, I want to open my church, but I'm afraid to, because how do I know if the governor's just going to change his mind? So this is why the solution to this problem can't be federal. It has to be state well, and, they've and whip, local. Whipped up citizens into hysteria, also. Oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. But before we leave that, that there's there's several uh, of those of those issues, like the the thing about Twitter and Facebook, um, this thing about the churches. A couple of things again, w when it's a partisan issue, par the partisanship has been is so destructive. Yes. Uh, to to our liberty. Um, I saw, oh, the other thing was, I saw um, uh, the, the CNN reporters uh, arrested, right? They're mm -hmm. out there covering what's going on mm -hmm. and, and, and were, uh, well, they were, they were de detained, right? Again, right. the process is the punishment. Right. So they go through, the, you know, the process of, of being arrested. Uh, and of course, most of the responses I saw, you know, on Instagram from the conservative posters, it was cheering. It was great because the fake news, the arrested, <laughs> look, right? this laughing, look at what they're doing covering, uh, to these fake news and, 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 and were, basically well, cheering, were, were uh, cheering right? what yeah. ought to be a sacred protected right. right. Exactly. But because that's the left and I hate the left and I hate CNN and their fake news, we will join in on uh, cheering for the destruction of our own rights. Same right. thing with the Facebook, you know, because because of how abusive Facebook and Twitter and, and those platforms are in the realm of censorship. Right. We're so angry uh, that we want something done that again we join in on the destruction of our own liberty. Oh, let's create some categories. Uh, so that we can diminish free speech, we'll we'll call this platform and we'll call this publisher uh, so that so that we can uh, make Swiss cheese out of free speech and decide which hole we like and which we don't. And so, partisanship is so destructive. And then when they can trot out uh, an enemy and and just really prod you and incite you so much that you will be you will suicide your own rights right uh, it, it's just it's probably one of the things that we fight against the most just a reminder to you guys if you go ahead if you're watching us on YouTube go ahead and hit that subscribe button right there so that you don't ever for you you always see when we're going even if we're running early or we're running a little bit later in the day you will always get your notice uh, even if social media doesn't want you to have the posts that we post on this, if you, as long as you subscribe, you should get your notice 
that we are going live. Don't forget, also, go ahead and hit that thumbs up now, whether you're on Facebook or on YouTube or Twitter. Hit the thumbs up, and then you will, uh, if you do it right now, then you won't forget on your way out, and you will help us a whole lot override the algorithms that try to censor us. One more thing about that, JC, the idea of... Um, <laughs> trying to instigate the dog. Hey, Mac. Everybody, welcome Mac to the show. He's an old man. You can see his little gray face down there. And he loves to join us for the show. Anyway, uh, a lot of this comes from the idea of the National Emergency Act, JC. This idea that Congress can bestow upon the president expanded power during an emergency. Well, that becomes a big problem, once again, depending on who is president. And who's defining emergency. And who's defining emergency <laughs> and who's defining what needs to happen. So let's keep in mind, any, like I said, and I'll just repeat it, anything that involves it, the federal government fixing your problem at the state level is probably going to be the wrong answer. By the way, if you're on YouTube and you send us a super chat question, that will bump you to the top of the list. Oh, now I've got to watch for all that. Yeah, um, yep, yep. Okay, what would it take to get the UN out and take back all UNESCO land? Oh, well, that's, uh, that's a simple solution, but not an easy one. The simple solution is recognizing that the federal government doesn't have the authority to treaty away our land. And if you want to understand that, at libertyfirstuniversity.com, we actually have a class that talks about treaties. And you can uh, go on and, t and learn about that. Actually, if you go to chrisannhall.com, there's an article about treaties as well, where you hear from the founders and how they explain that the federal government doesn't have the authority to do by treaty what they don't have the authority to do via constitutional delegation so number one you have to understand that we don't UNESCO doesn't actually own our land it's an illegal unlawful treaty that would be like me going to my neighbor's house and setting up a yard a garage sale out of their garage and started selling their stuff so I don't have ownership of his stuff so I can't no. sell it and the federal government doesn't have ownership of our land so they can't treaty it away well the first the first land you take back that is our land anyway, is the land that the UN building sits on that, yeah. that they essentially declared another country. Right. Um, that's the first, yeah. first land. And you, th this, the, the simple solution is just simply, you know, we, we are not going to be part of the United Nations anymore. And that would be something that the president could, um, could offer as a suggestion and would be ratified by the Senate. And so we have, we have the authority to have, the federal government has authority to make uh, treaties with foreign governments. And so the Treaty of Alliance with the United Nations could arguably be a, a, a lawful treaty. Now, the treaties that we make with the United Nations, that's completely different. But our treaty of agreement in association with them could be argued as being lawful. And all that would take is the Senate, in, uh, uh, according uh, to the Constitution, to revoke that. So I have a question over here on Facebook, JC. How do we stop? How do we stop our governments from using uh, contact tracing? And the answer again is that 
I'm sorry, I just had to laugh. Mary says that JC looks like a floating head. Because <laughs> your shirt is black. And <laughs> sorry. You have to stop doing that. <laughs> anyway. It looks that way to me. I know, right? So, um... What do we do about contact tracers to keep our family safe and prevent our kids from being removed if there's a positive COVID result in the house? Um, don't answer the door. Seriously, you, you have the right to not answer your door. Be discreet about who comes and knocks on your door. You don't have to give people permission to come into your house. He, repeat after me. Do you have a warrant? I don't have a warrant. Thank you. Have a nice day. I mean, seriously, if you, you don't have to open the door, um, don't talk to them. If you open the door and they say, hello, we're here from contact tracing, you say, shut the door in their face. You have no obligation to talk to these people. None whatsoever. And prevent our kids from being removed if there's a positive. Uh, don't get tested. <laughs> Seriously, if, if you don't want a positive result in your house, don't get tested. Because here's the thing. Experts across the globe are telling us that when you get COVID tested, there is an overwhelming possibility for false positive. Now, I know I just triggered a whole bunch of people and told them not to go get tested for COVID. But, hey, look, I, you, you want to keep these people out of your house? Don't speak to them. You have anything to say about that? Well, you you know you've been uh, again that stuff's implemented at the local level mm -hmm. uh, in most cases. Uh, you've been consistently appearing at the uh, these board meetings mm -hmm. and um, educating on that. And so as the as the people listen in, they hear that. Yeah. And uh, you you're also you were sending that to the newspapers. Uh, in editorials where people could see that as right. well. So yep. you need to educate the public uh, on on that. And, um, you know, otherwise you're going to have pretty much resist, like, like you're saying. Um, yeah, that's the key. I mean, you have to get involved at the local level. We have so many resources available at chrisannhall.com right now. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've, I've written... Um, an, I've published uh, a, a sample editorial for COVID uh, contact tracing that has to do with using your GPS to uh, track you, to use infrared sensors. Uh, you have to get involved at the local level. You've got to let your voice be heard and you've got to stop this from happening. Uh, the contact tracing specifically, I'm seeing lots of questions about contact tracing specifically. Uh, if they're using their, your GPS to come after you, uh, that's unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court in Carpenter v. U.S. clearly says that's unconstitutional. If they're using infrared technology, then you also have a Supreme Court case that, uh, that says that's unlawful. And so if you want to know about those Supreme Court cases, you need to go to chrisannhall.com and go to our article section and see the contact tracing article that I have written there. What do we got next, Jason? We got a super chat from, um, well, I guess this is the this screen name, June 12th, 1776 is the YouTube name. I believe that's the Virginia Declaration of Rights. 
mm. I think. So that's the con Virginia uh, Convention that gave us a uh, Virginia Declaration of Rights. Is this the uh, is the present Supreme Court becoming the equivalent of the King's Star Chamber, granting unconstitutional federal powers never delegated? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, so and this is like about I said. That before we rolled yeah. back history, we've gone to we've gone to we've gone back across the pond with what uh, what drove many of the settlers over here, and what so many suffered at that. Well, time. here's the thing, JC. You look at the Supreme Court, you see how they've expanded federal powers, but there is actually a more uh, direct example of the star chamber in American judicial system. And well, it's actually American extrajudicial system, and that's the uh, administrative law courts. Right. So most people don't realize that if you are cited by the EPA or the USDA or the FDA, and you challenge a citation or a, a I don't even know what they call them, a citation or complaint from one of these administrative agencies, you don't actually even get to go into a real court of law. You have to go through administrative court. And this is how Star Chamber this is. The administrative court is a courtroom where the you, you have no jury. It's you and the agency and a magistrate or a judge. And the magistrate or the judge has been hired by the agency to sit in dispute resolution between you and the agency. And it's the judge's job to tell you whether the agency has followed its rules or not. So you're not even talking about whether they violated your rights. You're not even talking about whether they followed the Constitution or not. Um, there, the judge just says, okay, I see rule 7654-3764B. Okay, I'm reading it. They followed it. Too bad. That's, that is almost entirely the star chamber. So continuing, what was that? My floating hands. Your floating hands, too. <laughs> so to just we have a couple more pop-ups of this contact tracing. Somebody says, uh, you know, what if they come to the door? And, and, and I said, don't answer the door or tell them I don't answer any questions. And uh, then he says, but I don't want to get flagged as a potential problem on some list they have. Whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> They're, you're proving that you're here? Yeah. <laughs> JC is a body. Here's the thing. Um, you have to defend your rights in whichever way you feel moved to defend your rights. If you don't feel comfortable opposing, then just go along with it. Because I, I can't be there to help you. Right? This is your thing. You've got to do this. So I'm going to tell you, if you believe that standing for your rights is important, if you believe that it's time for you to defend your family from these unreasonable searches and seizures, from these, these warrantless questions, then please, by all means, don't answer the door. If you answer the door, say, get a warrant. Uh, if they give you a warrant, then don't answer any of their questions. All right. Washington State. What's plan B if your sheriff won't stand and Inslee is requiring all employees everywhere to wear masks as of June 8th? Employees? Pretty much mass resistance, right? Employees? Yeah. So private businesses, 
the people who work in the private businesses have to wear masks? Well, here's the thing. The number one, the Americans with Disability Act says that you don't have to wear a mask if you have an underlying health condition. And Inslee cannot override the Americans with Disability Act. Uh, and the Americans with Disability Act combined with HIPAA says that you can say, I'm sorry, I can't wear a mask. I have an underlying health condition. And they can't ask you what that underlying health condition is. You have a card or something that yes. you have this little notice that you can print out in a, as a, like a card. Yes. If you're on any you of my social media, it's been posted all over social media. Uh, I've posted on Twitter several times, on Facebook a bunch of times. Uh, if you... If you come to my professional Facebook page, send me a private message. I will give you that, that flyer as well. Uh, so there's one response. The other response is, is like JC said, just mass peaceful noncompliance. And here's the thing. You're going to have to have a boss that's on board with you. Because here's one of those little, the little sticky wickets with the Fourth Amendment question we had before. This is the governor mandating on private businesses. Well, it's the private business that's being violated by the mandate, not the employee. And so uh, I think that in this case, you might be able to make a an extension of that if you, you know, the government is violating my rights as an employee and because of that I got fired. Uh, but that is a really, really hard legal claim to bring. So you need to talk to your boss, you need to get your boss on board, and you need your whole company to refuse to comply. That's going to be the simplest and most expedient way to handle this. We touched on this somewhat, but can you just kind of lay it out directly? Um, I lost the question here. Basically, you know, what do you think about Trump's executive order on the social media platforms? The President of the United States does not have the authority to regulate private business or social media. I would say to you as well, the federal government is prohibited from, in, from interfering with uh, private business speech. Uh, social media is a private business. Their funding comes from private sources. Now, remember, we talked about this, the funding, maybe they got some government funding. That's a different question. That's a different problem. They are not continually managed, maintained, and funded by tax dollars. A government business is continually managed, funded, and maintained by tax dollars. Social media is not. Therefore, it is a private business. So at best, they could be made to repay what they were given, maybe. At best, they could be made to repay if they were given any money from the federal government. And if they're continuing to get grants from the federal government, they should be denied. Yeah. But they Because in that case, you either stop or have it denied or right. then you will be and can be regulated. Right. Right. Well, the regulation has to come through the withdrawing of funding. That's, that's really the only regulation that is out there. So the federal government, the only thing that Donald Trump really can do so, constitutionally, legally, is to withdraw the funding and require a, a repayment of that funding if any of that 
is uh, in the contract because the government can't violate contracts that it makes any more than you and I can follow uh, violate right. contracts legally. So. so follow up with that again. We've done a separate show on this. Yes. But can you briefly uh, deal with this section two thirty or whatever? Oh, uh, the decency act. Okay, so I did like a whole video on this. Right. Just briefly, the notion right. of you know. Separ separating these things okay, in order so to define different are, types of there are speech. only two different there are only two different types of businesses and they're not publisher platform okay that's not the difference in a business the difference the real constitutional difference is is it funded by public dollars is it con maintained controlled and managed by tax dollars or is it maintained controlled and managed by private dollars that's the only distinction in business, not pub, not partner, uh, what platform, not publisher. That is an invention of the federal government to create a regularity, a, a regulatory authority. And we should just, as conservatives and people who want to be constitutionalists, we shouldn't even engage in that platform publisher argument because it is a violation of proper private property rights. And we should never, uh, first off, it's a violation of private property rights. Second, we've never delegated to the federal government any FCC authority to begin with. So as conservatives and as constitutionalists, we should not even be making that argument because it is contrary to the Constitution. And once again, remember, you make that argument that the government can distinguish definitions and which private businesses are not private and which ones are. Then what happens when a Hillary Clinton becomes president of the United States, the head of the executive branch, and starts controlling the FCC? The most so. powerful thing that the president could do in regards to this Twitter issue is go to another platform. Take his 80 million followers yes. to another platform. Absolutely. I mean, that would be, uh, that would yeah. be a pretty good shot. That would be huge. Shot. That would be huge. You don't, you don't need to start targeting... Uh, free speech, which belongs to every American, yes. uh, because that that's the whole thing when we're talking about the, the, the platform publisher, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. It's not a left or right issue. That's It's not, okay, just the left are publishers or just the left are platforms. That, See, that, this everybody is, has the right to free speech, well, so you're not attacking right. just Twitter by doing that. You're attacking me at the point that I decide I, I want to become a publisher or platform. Here's the crazy thing, JC. When the Democrats rolled out all the net neutrality, all the conservatives and the constitutionalists were up in arms over net neutrality. Well, what, what Donald Trump is really asserting is net neutrality for social media. And it's, again, it's the, the private, it's the, 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 the tribalistic thing that's getting in the way. Yeah, I, I don't know if... I just don't know if people are going to get it, but if they don't want to get it, they yeah. they want that to be right. They want Twitter punished. They yeah. you know whatever. So uh, somebody public forum. There's no such thing, guys. No. That, so no. to be clear, public forum. That's an invented term. It's an invented by term. the federal government to grant them regulatory power that they're not authorized to have. Yes. So there is no way you can formulate, reformulate, twist and turn this argument to be able to create some scenario where, where President Trump, even though we like him, he's correct on this issue. 
he's not. He's not correct. Absolutely not correct. Not correct in believing that he can call in the troops to mandate the governors do anything. Not the way to do it. That's not how it works. And you don't want it to work that way. That's the crazy thing. What Hannah Winthrop said. You got to stop trying to punish the left by destroying your own rights. Yes, absolutely. Come on, guys. Why can't people get that? Stop suiciding your own freedoms Mm -hmm. to punish your political opponent. Hannah Winthrop said, how often do we see people madden- precipitately maddening on to their own destruction? And that's, that, that's, that's what's happening here. Somebody asked me here in Facebook chat, uh, can my employer force me to ha- uh, have a vaccination or to, to ta- have my temperature taken? Um, can, I, can I claim a violation of my rights if my employer forces me to do that? No, your employer is a private entity. The only people that violate your rights are government actors. Your employer can fire you if you do not get a vaccination and the employer makes it a, a, a requirement for your employment. Just like an employer can make you wear a mask because the employer can say this is now part of your uniform and you don't have Uh, rights, your rights are not violated by a private entity. If you come into my house and I tell you, you are not allowed to talk about any politics, you're not allowed to talk about any religion. I'm not violating your right to freedom of speech because you're in my house. I'm not a government actor. When you work for a business, you are in somebody's private business. It's like being in their business house. They can tell you how it's supposed to work and your rights are not violated. What about a, got a YouTube, or a YouTube question over there? I uh, got a comment. Our guy will say, uh, Super Chat says, I was ready to declare independence before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Like, you haven't been pushed Hallelujah. far enough already, you know? Um, yeah, so does anything change if your employer is a government entity? So what if you work for the government? That's a different story, correct? I mean, how does that work? But yet you contracted to work there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's where the problem gets, uh, again, stickier because, number one, is your job actually a constitutionally established position? How many people work for, and I'm talking about federal government now, how many people work for the federal government that work, in, in a, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody. You got your job. Keep your job. Whatever. But the question is, how many people actually work for constitutionally established agencies? So what we're doing is we're allowing the government to act unconstitutionally in creating agencies and creating jobs and then demanding that they follow the Constitution within those jobs. So I don't know if that that strikes anybody as being a little odd but when you when you choose the constitution here and don't choose the constitution here it kind of puts you on shaky ground to make that kind of argument yeah so when you work for the government the government is bound by the americas with disability act okay Mm -hmm. so if they want to make you wear a mask then you can simply say i have an underlying health condition that prevents me from wearing a mask you can't make me wear a mask Yep. That's what you say. You can't necessarily do that with a private business uh, when you're working for And them. they can't demand your medical records? They can't demand it because of HIPAA. Of course, the problem, we know what, what then comes next, typically not, not the rain on your parade, but 
then they concoct some reason eventually to fire you and yeah. put you out the door. Yeah. Um, Here's the Facebook question. Does not the 14th Amendment preclude states from differentially shutting down some businesses but allowing others to operate? Uh, Tom, we don't need the 14th Amendment for that. Your state constitution already pre prevents that. Your state constitution says that private business cannot be taken for public services without just compensation and due process. We don't need the 14th Amendment. We don't need the invention of the incorporation doctrine. We don't need to expand federal power to govern over the people. We need to have the people enforce our constitutions. Amen. Uh, let's see. Thought I had another one in here. My daughter has to get tested to get her teeth pulled. Should I let her get tested? Do you want her to get her teeth pulled? <laughs> that's. I man. mean, that's that's, that's you know that's the I, question. I, I said this. Said this before. We we're already talking about this. I felt like this is this is going to be a huge fight. It's going to get mm -hmm. worse before it gets better. It's not going away. This is just going to expand and dwarf into all these other things. Right. There's going to have to be consistent, widespread resistance. Uh, and, you know, you're likely going to feel the squeeze mm -hmm. for some time uh, trying to fight back against this thing. Uh, See, the thing is, is it, it really boils down to an individual choice. Now, I don't know if, if you know, your daughter shop ha around. Has, has to have her teeth, but, but shop around. There's going to, you, you have to find somebody who's willing to do this. And that's why I've been saying since day one of this, we're going to have to develop a patriot market of people who are willing to do what is right by the people and defy these unconstitutional, these, these draconian orders. Anybody know a patriot dentist out there? We need who? who a patriot what's the name? dentist. If somebody needs a patriot dentist. Yeah, so we need a patriot dentist. Where, uh, Where's e Rob Wood? Yes. Where are you? You know, what state are you in? Are you willing to go to another state to get this done? Willing to go I to know Kansas? it sounds trivial when you're talking about getting your teeth pulled, but I actually. Uh, hadn't been to my hairdresser in eight weeks. You dumped them. And I called, and I, and I have been, I have been to a, these hairdressers for 10 years now, right? I mean, different branches, but the same chain kind of thing for 10 years. And I called to make an appointment, and she said, okay, your appointment is this, but we want you to know that while you're here, you're going to have to wear a mask that clo that that loops over your ears, and you're going to, and we have to t take your temperature before you come in. I said, nope, I'm sorry, I, I, I want to cancel my appointment. Oh, do you need to reschedule? I said, I will not be rescheduling uh, as long as you intend to play doctor because you are not a medical professional and you are not taking my temperature and I'm not wearing a mask. And so... What did she say that I couldn't, I didn't hear that part, the other part? <laughs> what, what was her was, response? Oh, no, she said... Um, she said, oh, okay, well, we're probably going to have to do this for a while, so just keep checking back with us. Mm. So, you know, here's what I did. I found a really nice young lady in our church who professionally cuts hair, and she came to my house and did it for me. Mm -hmm. And I probably will never go back to another place again. Yeah. So we have to start a market, okay, of, of patriots. You got a question over there on YouTube yet? Uh, not a new one, I don't think. Mm. 
Okay. Let's see. You, you addressed, uh, I think Val came in late, the government mandates mass private businesses. Um, that's a violation. Oh, um, here's, did you answer the question about forcing a public school teacher to get a vaccine or firing them? Can you say religious liberty exemptions? Now, that's a very good argument because as a public school teacher, you're a government employee and you would have to find out if your state allows for religious exemptions. The, the catch-22 is, and this is what's crazy, is that what they'll probably say, the government will say, is that they have a, a reasonable, author, uh, a reasonable uh, necessity to override that exemption because you're working with children. They do that in the hospitals, nurses and doctors, they can't refuse. Uh, most most hospitals are are private, but anyway, if you have a government funded hospital, which a lot of them are as well, even though they claim to be private, uh, doctors and nurses can't cr um, can't claim exemptions for vaccinations because of the nature of their job. Now, I'm not saying that it's right, okay? But remember the compelling governmental interest argument, right? So when the government can prove to the courts that they have a compelling interest, then the courts agree that your rights don't exist anymore. And whenever the children are in danger, that's usually you know a no-brainer for the government's compelling interest which is ironic because the children aren't threatened by the covid virus yeah yeah so you have to have a vaccination for covid so that you don't endanger the children but the children are not in danger of covid so uh this is where you need to be involved with your school board this is where you need to be involved with your local government so they don't actually require that and the, uh, that varies from state to state, you said that, right? The religious yes. exemptions? Religious exemptions vary from state to state to state. They tried to remove our religious exemptions here in Florida, and we raised the roof on them on that one. I mean, we, 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 we unplugged and, and, and went all uh, medieval on them. <laughs> they didn't get that one through. Very good. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Go ahead. Uh, there's an enormous amount of conservatives in Arizona, and you are very that say you are very very misinformed over the platform publisher. I got called some nasty names for saying similar to what you said. I'm sorry, Jill, that you got called nasty names by people who are ignorant. But people <laughs> who are ignorant have a tendency to call nasty names when they cannot have anything to say to dispute their ignorance. So what your conservative friends out there don't understand is that conservative does not equate to constitutional, does not equate to rights, and doesn't equate to lawful. And just because the, the federal government says so, just because the federal government creates labels, doesn't mean that those labels actually legally, constitutionally, or lawfully exist. And that's the problem. So we've got a lot of quote-unquote Arizona conservatives that are brainwashed into federal supremacy, and they don't understand that they're making the very argument to destroy their own rights that they were against when they were against uh, the net neutrality laws that was going to force Rush Limbaugh to have 
liberals on his show. So remember, all the conservatives were freaking out that the liberal Democrat net neutrality was going to force Rush Limbaugh to have a liberal segment on his show. Those are the same people you got there, Jill, that are now standing behind Donald Trump saying we got to force Twitter to let conservatives on their show. Basically. Basically. It's the Um, same thing. And it's just how do you make two arguments? Uh, You know, how do you speak out of both sides of your mouth? You don't understand what you're saying. Because you're not fixed on principle. No, you're not fixed on principle. Well, in this case, personality. Because I don't think they're fans of the party. They're they're fans of the the president at the moment. Um, Nate sends a super chat and says, and I quote, just got here. Everybody click the like and, of course, go Gators, unquote. (laughs) So while Nate reminds us, go ahead, make sure that you are hitting the thumbs up right now. Don't wait till you leave because you might forget. Don't forget, you also have to hit that subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube right now. Thank you, Zach Clement, for the super chat. Thank you, Nancy, for the super chat. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Are we um, running out of questions? I see a lot of these questions are. I think think, uh, Nate may have canceled his donation. (laughs) appreciate you being here brother all right all right um (laughs) so we need a patriot dentist let me see what i've got here Uh, can you please address county power over state we are drowning in northern california and need to empower our county board of supervisors to buck the stages and fully open reopen you know I would say to you, Alyssa, it's not just so much county versus state as it is constitution versus the governor. So your county board of supervisors took an oath to the Constitution of the United States and to the Constitution of the state of California. Your governor is violating those constitutions, okay? He's violating supremely the constitution of the state of California most relevantly. I know that because I was just in California speaking at the uh, Open California Rally in Sacramento and I did a study of the constitution of the state of California. The governor of California is violating no less than seven sections of the California Constitution. So where your board of supervisors needs to get their courage is from their oath to support the Constitution of the state of California. They did not take an oath to the law orders created by the governor. They did not take an oath to the governor. They took an oath to the Constitution of the state of California. And in that oath, they must refuse to comply with the governor's orders because number one, the governor's orders are a violation of separation of powers. Number two, he does not have the authority via Constitution to enforce laws as orders and number three his orders violate no less than seven sections of your constitution did you find out where the person what state the person is who needs the dental work um let's see she didn't scroll back yeah i'm I'm seeing her comment jill go ahead and comment again i'll go down here at the bottom and tell us where you're from um so this may be last one okay if you were governor, how would you kick out all the 
quote, three-letter federal agencies out of your state, BLM, et cetera. How would you handle the negative press, as in all the lost jobs, cost the state, you can't do this? Thank you, Kim. Uh, she's in Irwin, Pennsylvania. I thought that's what it said. Yeah, Irwin, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Kim, for doing that. Uh, yeah, everybody's telling me. she. You guys are keeping up with the chat room better than I am. If I were governor, I would just simply issue a proclamation that said that uh, the federal government does not have any authority in my state to exercise powers reserved to the state that are not specifically delegated to the federal government. So I would probably just quote the 10th Amendment and say, and then I would give a, a, a short list, including but not limited to, boom, 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 boom. If you have any problem with that, you can come and speak to me directly. I'd be happy to speak with any of the deputies of these agencies. Maybe we can work something out where, you know, you you can advise us and we you, can look into these but things. But you've spoken many times to people that, uh, for instance, the reporter from the Washington Post. We had a long conversation about this issue. Um, and it's all it's it's interpreted by that group many times as you know a, a just total strip away all government and we don't need any of these things and your consistent uh explanation is it, it's not a matter of have or don't have it's that these are not federally right. authorized power if you want a state epa fine if that's what the people of the state want you have it so you you can transform uh, some of these functions. Yeah. Uh, well, and I would probably put that in the resolution and say, you know, we we appreciate your, you know, as, as kindly yeah. and diplomatic as we can. We appreciate your efforts. But we have a state environmental protection agency. We have a state forestry service. We have a state health service. And we don't need federal government help on that. Yeah. And then we now, would, some of the functions need to go away entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but much of it can can be state transforming the state. But it would it level. would be transformative to the state because the lack of the, the lack of required compliance with all these federal regulations would would liberate people's businesses to greater prosperity. Do you know what I find interesting, JC? Yeah. Um, what I find interesting here is that. In this state of emergency, the this administration, the Trump administration said, we're going to go through all the regulatory agencies and we're going to lift uh, a large number of the regulations on our businesses so that our economies are not stifled. Does not that very statement admit that they know these regulations stifle our economy? And where would our economy be today if it were not continually stifled by uh, these regulations? Well, if I were governor of your state, you would know because we would not be stifled by federal regulations. And if I were governor of the state, I would not pass any, I would not sign any legislation at the state level that took away the property rights and the ownership's control of private property, period. Uh, does this will be our last question, I guess, because we're right at 7:30, and I've had a couple of these questions. Uh, one was, does a governor have the authority to accept HR 666 funds? 
uh, without the state legislature being involved. The other question on the same line was, uh, how do we not accept HR 666 funds? And to answer that question, uh, you just simply say no. We don't want your HR 666 funds. And I'm glad people are asking the question in that way, JC, because they're recognizing that HR 6666 does not create contact tracing. It just simply sends $100 million across the states to fund contact tracing. And so uh, here's the interesting thing. Um, HR 6666 does not go to your governor. It doesn't go to your government. HR 6666 are funds that go to private businesses like churches and schools. Uh, so HR 6666 doesn't even go through your governor. They are monies that will be applied for by grants from private entities. I think private and public, but but yes, yeah. many many private probably. Right. The the way the thing was mm -hmm. worded. The only seemed public like more entity. Private than public. The only public entity would have been schools. Yeah. But every other hospitals, churches, right. food banks, that kind of thing. So they're trying to use these venues to do the contact very, tracing. Uh, really very ominous build, honestly. Yes. It's very 1984 yeah. Big Brother How infiltrating. They're going to yeah, you like you're it. it's it's really expansion beyond like if you're looking at government, we're monitoring government. Now they're expanding beyond the borders of government into the corporate world, mm -hmm. uh, turning them into agents of the government. I mean, it's yeah. very Soviet Union, Stalin, like you so don't even know point. who's who. That's a good point. If your church is looking to get any of that money, you might want to inform the pastor that once they take that money, they are now working for the government. And the government has unlimited access Spooky to stuff. their stuff. Well, I think this has been a really successful Q&A Friday, JC. I think it's been really great. So give us a thumbs up right now if you liked it. Uh, we'll keep it up for a while. I thought it was really good. I love all the interaction. And we had more questions, I think, than we could possibly answer. And we'll get better at answering them as we do these more often. So give us some feedback if you like Q&A Friday. We can make this a more regular thing. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday.